Welcome to another episode of Failing Forward. As always, I'm your host, Steve Hofstetter. And if you enjoy the podcast, make sure to like, comment, rate, subscribe, do all of those things. They really do help. I'm joined here in studio by an old friend and not colleague because we do different things, but we've worked together. Yes. Uh, yes. Brian Herslinger. Hi, Steve. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. <laughs> uh, director Brian Herslinger. Yes. So I have now been in two of your movies. Yes. One that people can see. Yes. And one that has not yet been yes. aired anywhere. I thought maybe you were saying like the other one was like just audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we no. Just they did can only, we just did an audio movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did all the sound effects. Like... It was a throwback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a throwback. It was the... Yeah, the coconuts were the big. Yeah, <laughs> we we had a we had a nice talkie. Um, no, the one that you can see is Love Always Santa, which yes. is a lovely Christmas film that was on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. I think it was two years ago at this point. And also, two they and air years. the crap out of it. Every, it's on all the time, every Christmas season. Yep, it's. I just get like a random email from someone being like, "Were you in the?" Th-? I was like, "Yes, yes, that was me. I was the weird poet in the." Yeah, I think your character tournament. was referred to as the beatnik. It was uh, uh, it was Jerry. Jerry. His name yeah, was Jerry. That's right. No, but didn't you come up with the name on the set? Or, yeah, because yeah. I just like naming. Whenever I play a character that doesn't have a name, I want to name him. Yeah. Because that also, I think that also helps with the other actors, because knowing who a character is, like oh, just yeah. even picking the right name. Oh no! I, I not only that, it's just nobody wants to play, you know, doorman number three. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, when so. I was in Road Hard, I was, uh, I think, I think originally it was called First Class Asshole. Because it was like a guy on the plane in first class, right, right. And but I, I named him Brody because he was <laughs> he was like a, <laughs> he was worse. like a huge bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a bro. Yeah. So I named him Brody, and uh, and that was a lot of fun because then like when I'm talking to the other actors, like referring to the characters and seeing it, I think it helps. Yes. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. And you were so good in that. Thank you. Um. But but then we did, uh, uh, uh another an independent film, a thriller. That that's why you can't see it yet because it's not sold yet. But, yes, but uh, oh, but it will be because that will, is yeah classically that is the perfect if a like if a mid forties bored housewife were to tell me what she wants to watch on television, I would be like, oh well, we just made that. Yeah, yeah, the perfect pose, a it yoga is, thriller. Yeah, oh my god, a yoga thriller. That's what I call it. But I, honestly, I got to tell you. <laughs> You know, I I did this film as as a bit of an experiment. Yeah. Because it was the first movie that I got involved with in in terms of the raising of the money ahead of time. Yeah. And starting a relationship with um, a a good friend of mine from back home in Jersey. Yeah. uh, Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. That's his real name, John Bravo. I've known him since uh, I was in high school, and he was- That's his real name? Yeah, I swear. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, great guy. He acted in my senior uh, thesis film for film school. Yeah. And he even told me back then, he's like, I always wanted to make movies, I always wanted to make movies. So he retired, Yeah. and then he's like, Brian, can we make a movie? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And um, so Jay Black, and you're a good friend of mine, uh, we we wrote this script, and um, I, I said to Johnny, I'm like, we got to do a thriller as opposed to a Christmas movie. Yeah. Because a Christmas movie, every dime has got to go on screen. Yeah. You need snow. You need spectacle. You need beauty, beauty, beauty. A thriller, you shoot in a house. Yeah. Right? Maybe some lights, right? And 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 do it that way. And it was much more doable uh, for this first go around. My favorite part of it, though, was that because we were shooting at a yoga studio. And if anyone is curious, so I played... <laughs> I played, it's weird to say this, but I played comic relief in a thriller. 
What were you going to play otherwise in a thriller? Well, the killer? The, no, no. You but can't I'm, be the but killer. But I'm saying that like having comic relief in a th- very serious movie. Sure. Like, is there any part of it that's- just I didn't you. see the whole script. It's just you. I'm the only funny part You're of the, the movie. You're the only funny part of the part. So, well, honestly, that's something for, for me as well. Uh, the audience needs a break for a second. Yeah. They need a breather. You know, just a little bit of, of reality because not everybody who's in a yoga class is is meant to be in a yoga class. Well, yeah, and that's what. So the character <laughs> I play, I viewed him as the foil to the because there's you know the guy. I don't want to give away too no, much sure. about the movie, but there's a guy in the yoga class who is like the Rico Suave smoldering guy, right. and then I'm just this doofus. Oh wait, I thought you were describing you. No, 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 okay. absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. I'm just I just play this doofus that is there to you know he's in the yoga class to pick up women (laughs) and there are like subtle things where because there's the part where because the thing i love about working with you is you let me do my thing yeah like and i'd be dumb not to i would be dumb not to i i appreciate that yeah but the amount of times like i've gone in i I don't even go in on, on auditions anymore because the amount of times i've gone in an audition for something and I will read the line the way that I think I would say it, yeah. and they want me to stick to the exact clunky words on the page. And it's like, well, but not every character speaks like that. You're writing the dialogue how you would say it. Mm-hmm. So uh, so with the perfect pose, my favorite little thing, and I don't know if anyone will ever pick up on it, but there's the, the first scene that I'm in when I walk into the yoga class and it's only like the hot girl and the hot guy. And instead of setting up my mat next to the hot girl, I set up behind her, because because my character is such a pervy yeah, asshole. He's looking at her, yeah, the whole that time. That exactly, he would yeah. set up behind the hot yeah. girl. Yeah. Instead of because like yeah anyway, so that was I I love being the audience, able to do little things like that. Oh, I love that. But but also what I you know more than any of your instincts was your instinct for the costume. Uh, <laughs> your, I mean your your yoga outfit in this movie is probably going to be the poster. Really? I mean, my, I, how does that even exist in real life? I well, the the shirt was something that wardrobe got for me. But the headband, but the, yeah, the yeah. headband. The I had grown a beard so that I could shave it in a weird way. Yeah. Y- yes. The premise. Nobody would go near you in real life <laughs> if, if, if you were walking around like this. It was. Oh, it was so much fun. And I, like, I yeah, the it. the little shorts and the the yoga mat. I didn't know how to handle. It was a lot of fun. It was great. And, but, and it's and. and Speaking to the tone of the movie, yeah, uh, the movie is a very serious, you know, it's a thriller, but it's also a, a, a marriage drama, which yeah. is interesting. Um, so I'm very excited about it. And and it's one of those projects where you go into it not knowing, you know, I'm thinking to myself, not letting anybody in on what I'm thinking, which is, yeah. how the hell am I pulling this off? Right. We're shooting this, you know, for a certain number and a certain number of days, and the audience can't know how much we had. And how many days we had. But that's, so I have to make it look great. But that's the, and, and I think, you know, this goes toward your origin story, which will, you know, eventually lead us to your failure story. That's that's the world you come from, though. Right. The idea of you, you made yourself a director. You wanted to direct. And, you know, there's a lot of people who will, who will go, okay, I want to have this very, very difficult job to get. And so what I'll do is I'll work in peripherally related jobs so that maybe I can eventually be promoted toward that job, which is not the way to do it. Mm-hmm. The way to do it is what you did, if you have talent. If you right, don't right, have right. talent, it's a horrible right. way to do it. But well, it, I can't but imagine it's too it different than becoming a comedian. I well, mean, how do you... Yeah, but becoming a comedian, you can do stand-up at smaller venues that you just don't want to be at. Right. But to become a director, you have to direct something. Yeah. 
And that's very difficult because for the most part, as a director, you have to direct something that someone else creates. And so what you did, because was it your first project or just your first big project, that My Date with Drew? That was my first big project. I mean, you know, the thing about deciding to become a director yeah. was in high school. That's when it was. And, and honestly, the first, you know, I always loved movies, but I was going to be a vet. You're gonna be a vet. I was gonna be a vet. Yeah. I, was, I loved animals, and I, you know, um, I knew, you know, growing up, you know, as a Jew in Jersey, your parents are like, you better do something with your life that's gonna you, make sure you're getting paid. Make yeah. sure you're, you know, you know, the dreams are great, but just make sure you're, you know, locking and loading and yeah, make a doctor sure, or make, a make sure you're stable. Make sure you're stable. That's not filmmaking. Yeah. So, um, but I was gonna go be a vet, and then I, I had an experience in high school where I did the senior video for our class. And uh, I got permission from the principal to uh, get all 381 kids of our out of my senior class in Cherokee High School in Martin, New Jersey, uh, to come out on the football field for the big finale. I had this vision for the, this helicopter shot. Yeah, and the, over oh my all God. the kids in the and bleachers. This is before like drones are easy this to is, get. No, this, this is, is I yeah. needed a helicopter. This is 1994, yeah. right? Yeah. And I wanted all of them to be from above. They were in the shape of a nine and a four. I didn't get that, but I got them all out of school early on the last day of their high school careers to go out onto the football field. Yeah. And I got a giant group shot of it. And then that night was senior night, and yeah. I had to show this to the students. So everybody got off early. I went right into the editing bay, and we're not talking, you know, digital. Yeah. We're talking VHS tape in, out of my camcorder yeah. into a machine. You make a mistake, you're screwed because right. you can't undo it. Yeah. And I had been editing all of the individual moments with all the other uh, seniors that were singing along to like Walk Like a Man by the Four Seasons and Oh What a Night by, by the Four Seasons. And yeah. I guess I like the Four Seasons. Well, um, this was Jersey. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I'm a Jersey boy. Yeah. So, um, and Oh What a Night was our prom song. So long story short, uh, I, had to, I was editing up until the minute that I had to go show it in the gym, uh, yeah. in the uh, cafeteria. And I put it on and uh, uh, I was scared to death. It's the first time I'd ever shown anybody anything really on a scale like that that I yeah. had done. And um, the standing ovation, everybody was crying and everybody was doing it. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best feeling in the world. Yeah, you're like the power of reaching people. The best feeling in the world. And I wanna talk about you know, something you alluded to here. Like the first movie, the first piece of anything like that that I was in was a film made in high school by a friend of mine who is now Todd Strauss-Schulson, who is now a successful director. Oh, wow. And when I think I was 17, he was 16. Mm -hmm. And I remember him editing that way with the VHS to VHS, yeah. the kind of, you know, to play that and record. It would be like, you know, two... Yeah, two knobs. And then, you, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And when I think about now, when I think about the... The people who say, oh, I want to create and then don't with what you have access to oh, now. Oh, that's my speech. That's insane no, to that's me. my speech. That's what happened with my date with Drew. Yeah. Because my date with Drew uh, was, an ex you know, lightning in a bottle, best experience of my life. Well, Just, and let, let's yeah. talk about this for a second. Yeah. Um, my date with Drew, for those unfamiliar, is a film you made, a documentary about your quest to get a date with Drew Barrymore. Yes, in 30 days. In, within 30 days. For $1,100. The whole movie was made for $1,100. Yeah. So how old were you? 27. Because I remember I had heard about this movie before I was close with Jay. Who, so Jay Black is the mutual friend that introduced us. Mm -hmm. And I, when he introduced us and I found out like your bio and I was like, 
oh, I know, I know about that. Right. Because it was just this kind of cult word of mouth thing. You know, it's so interesting about my dude. You say it's a cult word of mouth thing. What happened was it was a word of mouth thing that went worldwide. Yeah. I mean, this thing got released theatrically. Uh, we made it on a mini DV camera. Yeah. Uh, at the point uh, in time, we were the fourth most profitable film of all time. What? Yeah. We made oh, it for percentage 11, wise. We made it for 1100 bucks, And when it makes $200,000 and 55 screens in, a, in theaters in the U.S., well, that's quite profitable. <laughs> If you, have, if, you, if you have a good lawyer, an agent, and a deal, which we didn't. Yeah. So, um, uh, but what it was, was um, I was, I'm, I don't quit. I'm not a quitter. And yeah. at that, the point right before um, we made my date with Drew, and I say we, it was my two of my best friends, Brett Wynn and John Gunn, who I went to film school with. Yeah. And knew from Jersey. And um, uh, it came out of me uh, having worked, and this goes back to, if you want to direct, direct. I had worked uh, on two television shows, uh, Chicago Hope. I was a production assistant mm-hmm. for two seasons, the last two seasons of the show, and then Ally McBeal for the last three seasons of the show. You were PA on both shows. I was a PA on Chicago Hope and the executive producer's assistant on Ally McBeal. Okay, but you were the A in PA is assistant. Correct. So you were an assistant on both. Correct. Now, I was fortunate because my, my uh, boss was Bill D'Elia, who's my mentor. Yeah. And and you talk about if you want to direct, direct, right? Well, what I was able to do on Chicago Hope, after I was done doing all of my PA jobs, I was able to go to set. Mm-hmm. And I just watched Bill. I watched every director, Michael Pressman, Rob Korn, people that were- Yeah. I mean, you, you know, there were, there were 22 episodes of this thing a season, and every episode had a director that was amazing. And I watched and learned, and I learned as much from that experience as I did from film school. I learned how- to make movies in film school, but I learned why. I, why the why of it, I learned from watching them. And and I will say, as someone who had the chance, like I, so when uh, when Fox Greenlit laughs and they mm-hmm. gave us a commercial, I had this vision for the commercial. And I wrote it, and I starred in it, and I had the ability to direct it. And I was like, okay, great. And then I realized there's so many little things I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... You can have all the vision in the world of like, okay, I want this camera to shoot this way, right? But without trying, without seeing someone else try and fail, without you know learning from someone else's mistakes, oh, learning yeah. from their successes. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was very, very lucky that we had uh, Jordan Brady there with us, mm-hmm. and he basically like helped me direct. I.e., he did a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, like right. I still got credit as the director. Yeah, but that's that's a great great person to have with you right as somebody yeah. that that could fill in those gaps absolutely uh you know so so my goal and by the way so perfect example of if you want to direct direct when i was a pa at chicago hope uh after the first season i was working there yeah i wanted to make a short film on 35 millimeter you know film on actual yeah. film and do a big awesome short film that impressed David Kelly, that impressed all the Fox executives, that impressed everybody so I could get an episode to direct, right? That yeah. was my goal. So I go to the, uh, uh, I go to Bill and I said, I want to do this over the summer. He's like, great, go ahead, do it. Talk to Jim Bagdonis Bags, who's now the DP of Modern Family, one of the big directors yeah. of Modern Family. And he gave me a full camera package for nothing. That's amazing. And I had 35 millimeter film I needed to get for that. Well, how do I afford 35 millimeter film? I'm a PA. Well, Rob Korn got me to uh, the short ends back then when they shot on film. The leftover film was sitting in a like a refrigerated space. So 
he gave me the short ends. All the film I needed, I got, right? That's incredible. So then I'm shooting this thing over hiatus. So it was creativity that yeah. allowed you to put this together. Absolutely. So I'm shooting this thing over the break, and then I have all this film. I can't afford to process the film. That's a whole other stage. So what did these awesome producers at Chicago do? They let me tag like a little bit of footage at a time with their dailies when we were back in production. Yeah. So they would get dailies back from Chicago Hope, and then there was like 20 minutes of dailies from Malicious Intent, my oh my, God. my short film. Yeah. So it took forever to do it, and then I had the big screening on the Fox lot. This reminds me of the Johnny Cash song, One Piece at a Time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's... it's exactly right, yeah. But it was just like, be patient, be patient. Oh, but then it was, you know, uh, I got to edit it. I edited yeah. it myself. Where did I edit it? On the Avids that they use for Chicago Hope. I would stay yeah. there at night. I would sleep in the lot and edit this thing. All just to get the chance to direct an episode. Because you saw an opportunity and your you know, your solution was basically do anything you can do and put right. all the work you can right. do to get in there. And I want to talk to you more about that and what it ended up resulting in. Right. But we'll do that after the break. I love it. Welcome back to Failing Forward, joined here by director Brian Herzlinger. Hi, Steve. Who, is, who has had the, uh, <laughs> the unfortunate privilege of directing me twice. So Privilege. So we're talking, well, that's why I said unfortunate. Well, you know, you could have chosen a different word for privilege. Well, it's yeah, even yeah. more, Unfo even made, I went self-deprecating, but you wanted to go, me I was to go more self-deprecating? Unfortunate encounter. Unfortunate encounter. Unfortunate, encounter. unfortunate yeah. responsibility? Yeah, that's another thing, yeah. I did feel very responsible. Yeah, the unfortunate responsibility <laughs> yes. of, yeah. uh, of when directing me. When you walked on set, I was like, I felt very responsible. Yeah, well, the yeah. the first, especially the first time, because you're really, you and Jay really took a chance on me being able to actually do that. To act. Yeah. Yeah, you had because, lines. Yeah, I had real yeah. lines, and but my favorite thing was that you guys, and I, I touched on it before, but you guys let me ad lib. Of course. Which is, you know, not just change a word here and there, but like just have an idea for what would this character be. Well, I do that as, as a director with all cast, mm -hmm. where especially on scripts that I've written or that Jay and I've written or, you know, th things that... Uh, I want it to be a collaborative experience for everybody. And that yeah. goes for me with the director of photography, me with you know the composer, me with the editor, but also with the cast. So I know what I want it to be. So when I'm going into a scene, you know, as a director, I know what I what I'm planning on doing. Yeah. But I'm not gonna tell them right up front what I'm planning on doing. I will say show me. Yeah. Which is something I learned from Bill back, you know, way back when. So I'm like, show me, let me see what you got. Because if they have something better than what I came up with, I'm going with that. Oh yeah, and then you don't even need to get to what you came up with. There are a lot. There are a lot of people who they'll do the thing of like, well, you do it my way first, and then you could have a little fun with it. Mm -hmm. I really like the way you do it because if the person nails it their way and it turns out to be in a different direction than you were thinking, but right. it works, why not use that? Yeah, but that's also the also trick to that is casting people that have that ability. Yes, that 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 you trust and and that you can do it on perfect pose. Uh, you know, I, I cast Brady Smith and Ashley Wood, who yeah. are both amazing actors. Amazing actors, and I've directed both of them before. Yeah, and I knew going into this particular experiment of a project that I didn't need to worry about what I was going to get. Right, you're not going to have to if you have such a short period of time and such a small budget to to know that you're not going to have a wasted day. Yeah, and to or know to that, deal with egos or deal with any of that right stuff. because then you know then there's yeah. a, the other issue of them refusing to do it the way you want. Yeah, and the, you yeah. Know, Yep. Et cetera. Yep. Yeah, my, well, I've my been goal, there before. If I'm playing comic relief, my goal is if I can make the crew laugh, yeah. then I know I know I hit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like we were that's cracking the, up. Yeah, that's the trick. Yeah. I think at one point I had to cut around the camera shaking. 
the oh that's great there was a shake of the camera because the, the i think the assistant was laughing was it the time that i almost hit my head i assume it was that time yeah you'll see how quick it cuts out right after that yeah because the camera went like yeah there this, was a like, for the for the viewers there was so like i said my character was a was a total idiot and yeah. uh you guys gave me a yoga mat with a strap on it yeah and you and were holding it like a gun. Which is great, yeah. I was like, <laughs> like a, being a, a total rifle. idiot with it. But yeah. then I decided, I was like, ah, let me really go for it. And when I like threw it off my shoulder, I purposely threw it a little hard so that it would like kind of look awkward. Right. What I didn't anticipate was that it almost hit me in the head. And so there's a genuine you know reaction. You but you know, you don't know what your body looks like in the midst of that. No, I have no idea. And when you see the movie... <laughs> you'll you'll see the whole other level of it where it we were just, just cracking. Right? No, just kinda, it was hysterical. I had to dodge my own move. I surprised well, myself tall. with you're it. You're a tall guy. Yeah. And watching you in this scene, you you just don't look like you should be there. No, I and, do and not. It, and it, it played on all levels. I can't wait. All right. So um, what was I talking about? So, I was talking about, uh, talking about getting to the oh, point the, of oh, my day yes. with Drew. Yes, yes, yes. Which I'm also curious. So was that your idea? Okay, so the genesis of my day with Drew came from a few things. So back to me trying to get a chance to direct an episode of Ally McBeal or anything, right? Yeah. Um, The show got canceled before I could even get a chance. Who knew if I was going to be able to chance? I had a screening of my short film at Fox, and you know, I realized how lucky I was to have been kind of, uh, to have grown on those sets with those types of people. They all, everybody came during lunch break. But it's not- Everybody came and watched the movie. But it's not luck- you know, there is there is an element of luck that, like, the project you got hired for was run by good people. Right. Because you can certainly get hired for a great project run right. by a bunch of assholes. But there is an element of you're easy to work with and right. you're also – you're welcome. And also, I, I picture, you know, P.A. Brian being hmm. this very enthusiastic, yeah. very excited person. And that can be contagious, yeah. especially for someone who respects the art form. And so if your bosses respected the art form, mm-hmm. they liked you. And them liking you, that's not luck. Well, I appreciate that. But what is luck is the opportunity. Okay. Is one of the things. So I did not set out to get the job as a production assistant on Chicago Hope. I set out to direct the next Indiana Jones. Yeah. Right? So where in the rule book is the – what's the roadmap to that? Right, there is no roadmap. There's no roadmap. But so, yeah. the the thing that you that you did, and this is something I try to emphasize to people all the time, is you need to be able to figure out. Okay, well, I thought I was just going to drive straight down this highway, but yes. as it turns out, I'm taking surface streets. Hundred percent. And so while I'm on this surface street, now that I'm at this corner, I need to figure out what is the next move at this corner. That's exa- I, I say the exact same thing when I speak to kids in schools and colleges and everything. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I say is say yes. Yeah. You don't know what that's going to lead to. Say yes. If you're afraid to say yes, great. Say yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, for me, the path was interning for Steven Spielberg, which was a dream job that took me a year of phone calls from my dorm room in Ithaca, New York. <laughs> then I wanted that to turn into a job, which it did not. Right. I found myself, uh, I graduated early, so I found myself alone out here in LA. You probably thought you were like some big shit intern because you were interning for Steven Spielberg. And you, I, I mean, I'm guessing at the time you were like, okay, I'm on the path. Here we go. Oh yeah. As I was photocopying those scripts and getting people coffee, I was like, yeah. I'm here. I've arrived. Well, the no, I just mean that that's the first step. And the idea of like, well, you nailed a huge internship. Yeah. And the idea that that doesn't end up turning into something else. That's the thing is like, 
It, it, it's such a longer story, but what I well, want to make sure we talk about the, other yeah, things. Yeah, it ends up on the resume, but it's not. Oh, for sure, but yeah. it wasn't about that. For me, it was a dream. Spielberg's my you know, favorite director. Mm. Uh, and I had met him in high school, and it was a whole thing, and I, I just made a goal and a promise to him that I was going to be at Amblin, which okay. eventually became DreamWorks. Yeah. And I started calling the Human Resources Department a year before I, I was coming out here from Ithaca to say, I'm coming out. No one from my school has ever gotten an internship here. I need to get an internship. How do I do it? And it was Patty from Human Resources. And Patty was like, just stay in touch with me. Call me every month. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure you're set up. And Good for Patty. Stuff. Good for Patty. I got a DreamWorks hat. I yeah. got, you know, I, she would <laughs> mail me memorabilia. And then the month before I come out, I call and Patty is no longer working at, at Amblin. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, my God. Where did Patty go? I don't know. So I had a backup internship at MGM. Yeah. And uh, my dad and I drove cross country, and I still didn't have the internship at, at, at Amblin. First stop when we got to L.A. from New Jersey was uh, Spielberg's mother's deli, the Milky Way. Uh, and back then there were payphones. Yeah. And um, I got to meet Spiel Spielberg's mother. She told me if she knew who her son was going to be, she would have had her uterus bronzed. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then um, we got outside, and my dad's like, just call again, call again. Yeah. I got on the payphone, called, got a guy named Chet Thomas. Who said, all right, come on in, let's interview. And I got the internship. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. I could say in one sentence, that was a year. But I lived a year of what do we do? How do I figure this out? Do I get discouraged? Yeah. Do, I, do I abort? Do I abort? And no, you, it, it might not happen on your timeline. But, and you might, it might not be that highway you were talking about. Yeah. But you'll get there. You just got to just say yes and just be focused on it. Yeah, you, you have to bob and weave. You have to bob and weave. All right, um, so yeah. let's talk about my date with Drew. Yes, yes. Okay, was it my idea? Was it my idea? My date with Drew came out of a dinner I had with Brett Wynn at Hamburger Hamlet in Sherman Oaks on a Friday night. Yeah. Uh, I had just, um, I'd been working at a post-production facility, the graveyard shift, handing out editing supplies to editors for about six or seven months. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't what I came out to LA to do. Really? Weird. Imagine that. So yeah. this is 2003. I had moved out here from 97, 97. So it was six years, which was an eternity. Yeah. Six years in, I should be directing Indiana Jones. And uh, and I wasn't. And I, Brett, I'm sure you have those friends where you could just be brutally honest with and just let all walls down. Yeah. And I was that, Brett's that guy for me. And I was just like, I'm done. I was, I was done. I, I didn't know what else I could do. Nobody was more positive than me. Nobody made a better cup of coffee than I did. Yeah. Nobody copied a script better than I did. Nobody was more vocal about wanting to direct. And he was like, well, let's go shoot something. I'm like, shut up. Don't try to make me feel better because do you have a million dollars to go shoot something? Because that's yeah. about what we need. Do you have a camera to go shoot something? He's like, no, but he's like, why don't we do a documentary? I'm like, I don't want to do a documentary. I want to do Star Wars. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, what the hell do we know enough about to document? And then we're, we're eating, and then he, and then a couple minutes later he goes, well, you know, everybody knows you love Drew Barrymore. Why don't you try to meet her or something? And I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't want to be that's in so it. That's so great that that's where that idea oh, came oh, from. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to be in it. Uh, and he's like, you've loved her since you were a kid. I'm like, Brett, I, I, th no one cares about me. I am not. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I, he's like, Brian, everybody loves you. You'd be great at this. And I'm like, shut up. It's not happening. I'm like, and by the way, where's the camera you're talking about shooting this thing on? He's like, well, uh. And then he told me what he did. He used to, for Super Bowl parties, get a big screen TV from Circuit City yeah. just for the game and then return it. That is the, by the way, that is how I got my first couple tapes as a stand-up. I would go, that's absolutely what I would do. They had the 30-day return policy. Yeah, yeah. I would, when I had a couple of gigs coming up, 
<laughs> I would I would buy a camera. Yeah. And there was like a ten percent restocking fee. Yes. And so I would buy a camera for five hundred dollars. And then, because I didn't have more than the fifty dollar restocking fee, I could have gotten the thousand dollar camera, but oh, that would have cost a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah. would get the five hundred dollar camera, yeah. use it for like two, three weeks, and then return it. Yeah, and I did that probably three times. So Brett suggested, which is might be why they're out of business. No, I think it's because of me. No, okay, fair. Because we got the camera from Circuit City, yeah, and you did the like I all did the, the gear. thirty day. No, it was just it, the <laughs> just gear the was just this handheld mini wow. DV camera. There was no, there's no microphone. There's no yeah. lights in my date with True. So, so we got the camera for 30 days. Um, but before we even got it, he said, we'll get the camera for 30 days. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Cause now I'm thinking about it as a filmmaker. I'm like, well, that's a ticking clock. That's interesting. Would that Trump people wanting to be, have any interest in watching me? Yeah. And so, um, and what had happened a couple months prior was since I was working at that, uh, post-production facility, it left my days free cause I was working the graveyard shift. Yeah. So a good friend of mine told me about a game show that was holding auditions for contestants. I went. I became a contestant. I won the grand prize, eleven hundred dollars in luggage. <laughs> and oh, this all oh, but, this is amazing. But if you saw the movie, you know the winning answer that won me the money was the name Drew Barrymore. She was the answer to the question that won me the show. Yeah. So that was in my head, and then the fact that I've always wanted to meet her was in my head, and I was like, I have no job. I'm, I, I, I don't know what to, you know. But that's if I could do something, that from, that's from, where the eleven hundred dollars yeah. comes from. So we called John, John Gunn. And uh, and and we put him on speaker, and Brett's like tells him the whole idea, and John goes, "No one's gonna give a shit about watching Brian try to get a date with Drew Barrymore. I don't want to watch Brian get a date with Drew Barrymore, and we're all best friends, so yeah. it's not didn't hurt my feelings. I'm like, exactly. Nobody's gonna care that he hangs up. Then we keep eating, and then he calls back ten minutes later, and John's wife Lisa, he goes, "I just talked to Lisa," and, and I'm like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Lisa said if Brian could get a date with Drew Barrymore, I'd want to see that." So then we met up on Saturday morning the I, next day. I would also agree with that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I think it's a brilliant premise. Well, thank you. But here's the deal. Yeah. That was Friday night. Saturday, John, Brett, and I got together. We watched a movie called 20, uh, 20 Dates with uh, Miles Berkowitz's movie to make sure he yeah. we didn't, weren't doing the same thing. Monday, we went to Circuit City. We started shooting Monday. Wow. There was no development. There was no prep. It was, let's talk to people, see what they think of the idea, and let's see if we could use six degrees of separation. I don't know, Drew. Let's figure it out. Yeah. And we and and at the very least, it was going to be three buddies hanging out over the summer, documenting this quest. It, maybe it wasn't going to get released. Maybe nobody would see it. Right. We would watch it at Fourth of July parties or something. And it became yeah, show it to this, your senior class. That, exactly right. I made it, uh, but it was uh, it became this this uh, kind of sensation. I'm not saying that in an ego way. I'm just no, saying it, it was, was like I I had heard about it. Yeah. It was you were on the Tonight Show about it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. So okay, perfect example of saying yes. The reason why I was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, yeah, uh, I, we had won all the film festivals we played. We were beating out Napoleon Dynamite, Garden State, Super Size Me. We were winning the Audience Award for Best Feature. We got the Audience Award. The first award we won for My Date with Drew was given to us at the HBO Comedy Arts Festival in Aspen. No, in yeah, in Aspen. Yeah. And you know who gave us the award on stage in front of you know thousands of people? Who? David Zucker, Jerry Zucker, and Jim Abrams, who are gods to us because wow. they made Airplane and Naked yeah. Gun. And we're like, oh my God, we're like, we're not worthy, we're not worthy, right? Yeah. So we get this word. So now, now CAA wants to represent us. Everybody's talking about the movie. It's, it's you know, it, there was no Twitter, so it would have been trending. Yeah. There was no cameras in your phone. You couldn't do videos on your phone. You, right? I mean, you have to remember, this was 2003. Yeah, this is before, this is when you needed to get a camera from yeah. Circuit City. Yes. So, um, so anyway, so then we wind up getting a distribution deal where we get a worldwide theatrical release. 
And we're like, oh my God, this is the dream come true. The movie that we made, that we edited on a laptop with hard drives that were stacked from the floor up to here, yeah. because a terabyte, now you could do this. Back then it was yeah. stacks of daisy chained you know, hard drives. Yeah, it, it was like the difference between a cell phone to a payphone. Correct. That, that size That's absolutely right. Yeah. And 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 that movie that we made, the three of us, we made, and Kerry David produced it. So so, uh, we made our movie, and that's the movie that the world saw. There was no notes. There was no nothing needed to change. This yeah. was our movie. And um, and I'm so proud of that movie. I, I mean, nothing's going to top that experience because uh, we won all the festivals, and then the Tonight Show. Okay, so now we had people that we had distributors that were interested, but they were scared. You know why? Because there hadn't been a movie like this before. It yeah. was a romantic comedy wrapped up in the body of an $1,100 documentary with or without Drew Barrymore because they couldn't say whether she was in it and a nobody. Yeah. I'm the nobody. How do you sell it? So we needed to get me on a major Tonight Show situation so the world could see that there's interest in this yeah. and a distributor would you know, do it. So we submitted the trailer. We just cold called The Tonight Show and they watched it and had me on as a guest. So before before I went out, this was a big deal. I had already done The Today Show. I'd already yeah. done morning shows, but nothing. Late night. I was yeah. late night. So before we go out, Leno comes into the green room. And, and up until this point, the two things that I always did in any interview, any show, was I always mentioned Brett, John, and Carrie who made the movie with me because yeah. I didn't want to seem like an egomaniac. And I never admitted whether or not I got the date with Drew. You had to see the movie because it's about the journey. Right. Leno walks into my uh, dressing room. And he goes, oh, it's great to meet you. Great to meet you. You know, I love this story. Here's the thing. I don't want you to mention your friends and we're going to tell them that you got the date. I'll see you out there. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now, and I've been fine in every other, you know, experience, any yeah. other show. I've been fine. Now, everything's thrown off. I'm in the wings. He's that he's like introducing me, and I I'm blank. Yeah, I'm literally blank, waiting for this curtain to open, and and my knees are locked, and I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do? What am I gonna say? John and Brett and Carrie are in the audience. I'm like, I, I can't reveal. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Ryan Herzliger. I'm like, oh, and I go out. And there's Ellen DeGeneres. She's the first guest, so she's sitting next to me. I'm yeah. sandwiched between Ellen and Jay Leno, and you know it's great, and we're having a great time, and then Leno. Says to me, he goes, all right, so, you know, uh, how'd you finally get to Drew? And then I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm thinking to myself, and I just, for me, it felt like I took about 30 minutes. Yeah. But it was probably about four seconds. And then I said, oh, you know what? Screw it. I said, um, well, you know what, Jay? I can't tell you whether or not I got the date with Drew, but I could tell you this. She's in the movie in some capacity. And Brett, John, and Carrie, who helped me make the movie, and I just went off. And you just did and what I you just, wanted to and do. And I just went for it. I'm like, I, I, what am I going to do? Yeah. So then he's looking at me, and I see him looking at me like, yeah, like, like this. And like, I'm like, oh my hey God. Kid, I, just, I just told you. And I'm like, I just pissed off Jay Leno. Oh my yeah. God. And then he goes, all right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more of Brian Herzlinger. So if you watch this interview, you see it fading to black. And as it's fading to black, he leans into me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm done. This is it. Yeah. And then he goes, you know, you're pretty good on your feet. You want to be a correspondent? Wow. I'm like, yes. Yeah. But I said, it, it can't be before my date with Drew comes out because- the movie's about me, an ordinary guy, trying to get a date with Drew. If I'm a Tonight Show correspondent before it comes out, then it's the Tonight right, Show correspondent. Right, then it's, yeah. So I put him off for a year. Wow. And then the moment we got the deal and the release date, I called back and I said, okay, I'm, you still want me? And they're like, absolutely. And they're like, no, Patty's actually been fired. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're like, Brian, talk to human resources. Yeah. And then I did, did that for three years. Brian, I, 
I think that your your journey is incredible, and the reason I wanted to have you on is because you are self-made, and that is something that this show talks about a lot, and the idea that like if you want something from this industry or from any other industry, the only person who's going to be in your corner is you. And sometimes you'll have a patty, and sometimes Patty will leave. Yeah, and so I know. You I get, love Patty. I'm so grateful to Patty. You, you need to be, but you need to be your best. You you need to be your own cheerleader. Yeah. And there are various characters in your story that helped you throughout. Sure. But you were you were always pushing your own stuff. And you know what? So. It never stops. Yeah. It doesn't stop. It. it I'm, I'm still pushing today. Yeah. But so are you. I mean, look. I mean, every. I mean, well, you yeah, have to know that. Yeah. yeah they, they, we don't need to remind them. These of that. are these are my people. They know. I love it. Has uh, any? They've all seen this. The your art behind yeah, you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. This yeah. is. I mean, I guess there might be people watching their first episode right now. Yeah, right. So, right. I just yeah. think that I want to know the meanings that went into coming up with this. Well, originally it did not say dunce. It was just a dunce cap, and people yeah. were like, "Does that look too much like the KAK?" I'm like, "No, it, do, it does not. <laughs> it absolutely does not. It's a dunce cap. That's what a dunce cap is." So then we made it say dunce so that it. That's amazing. You yeah, see, so you that, didn't know that was going to be a problem. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, no, the idea was just you know like put me in a suit but also make it like I'm I'm trying but I'm failing at the same time. Yes. And so that's the, yes. I that's love the that. image that we went with. I love it. It's great. I've never seen you make that face before or since. So it's great. <laughs> uh, Might have been the only time. I feel like we're you're getting close to being done with me. I we, feel like you're wrapping be, up. We have to be done. I didn't yeah, talk I'm about failure. Up. Are you okay with that? Uh, you did. You talked about there were a lot of twists and turns to get you where oh, you yeah. were. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? I, I The bigger yeah. failure we'll talk about next time. All right. We'll bring you on another time. Yeah. I, yeah. I hate to, it's one of the people who give me shit sometimes. They're like, oh, you can go on forever. I'm like, no, there's limited studio time. <laughs> So there's only so much we and can do. Attention it's not, spans. You know, it's not my own. It's not my own place. But also, I like to keep the podcast to around thirty minutes because yeah. it allows people to binge if they want to. I love it. I, so. I, I love what you're doing. I think. Thank you, you. I think you are so freaking talented across the board. So just keep Thank doing you, man. it. Man. You know, maybe we'll find some more time to talk about. No. So um, <laughs> we've just so, got another twenty minutes. Uh, I mean, aside from the perfect pose, which I'm sure will be you know sold to someone soon. Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, have you heard about this Corey Feldman documentary that's all over? Yes. The place? Do you know yeah. I directed that? Uh, I do know you directed it, and I've known Sammy for 20 years. What? Yeah, Sammy was the roommate of an ex-girlfriend of mine. What? Sammy's awesome. That's when, crazy. Yeah, I've known her for, for 20 years. I mean, not well, but you know, we're Instagram friends. We, every, yeah, now, sure. every now and then, hey, that looks great, yeah, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, she uh, she's my ex-girlfriend's roommate. That's a, amazing. A, a relationship that ended very, very wait, poorly. Wait, wait, the ex-girlfriend one? I, I don't know which the you mean. There was but... one when we met. You were you were either just heartbroken. No, 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 no. This was oh. this was it. This was uh, right after I graduated college. Oh, okay. Then this no, was the summer okay. after I graduated college. Right, right, right. Okay. I know right. what you're talking about. It's yeah, not, it's not that. that one. Okay, certainly good. not yeah, that. Not one. that one. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that. That's been an interesting experience. But you know, the movie just streamed for 24 hours straight. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know, it's a much different beast. Yeah, when I saw, because I saw that you were involved in that, not from one of your posts, but from one of hers. Right. And I was like, world's colliding. I know, uh, I know, right. And, you know, yeah, happy you got involved with that, and I'm curious to see if there's going to be fallout. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I have no idea what will happen after, you know, it's out, which is great. So yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Very proud of the, <clears throat> proud of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's just such a... It, it's not something I normally do. No, it's not. It's not. It, hey, come enjoy my movie. It's a exactly. Christmas film. It's right. Not that. It's yeah. This yeah. is a serious thing. It is, so. but it was one of those things where where I felt obligated to get involved uh, for a few different reasons. But one of which is that you know y y y kids should be safe. Yeah, that, that's 100%. a big thing. So anyway, so yeah, and uh, that's 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 what I'm dealing with now. Got another right. lifetime movie coming, but we'll 
I'm waiting for, we'll see. So much to talk about. I know. All right, I'm an asshole for cutting it short, but uh, Brian, thank you for coming in. Very thank much you. appreciated. Thank you for having me. It was great. And as always, uh, like, comment, subscribe, rate, do all that stuff. And thanks, we'll see you next week.